This podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Congratulations, Britt Baker, on another win here in AEW. I, I do want to say. You were very aggressive. The ending of that match may have been questionable. Many of us out there, out there thought that could have been that way, but congratulations on your win. Tony, you're better than that. Don't question my character. We all love you here. This is AEW. You're here. You're a big star. We're so proud of you. This is your meal ticket because we all know before this you were at Starbucks. Guys, guys. Tony. And we are we are so proud to have you here because before this you were just working as a shitty barista. Wow. But you're here. Everybody, Tony. And they don't look down at you for that. They do not look down to you and they look up to me. pressure it's a full-time job and I'm the hottest girl on this boat no guys look look don't hate me because I'm beautiful stop it stop it stop it listen I'm smart I'm educated I'm brilliant and Tony did you know I'm a dentist Ladies and gentlemen, we've yeah. heard enough. We've heard and enough. I, I care about uh, and we're going to take a, a break. We're going to take a break right now and get out of this thing. you number It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, this week's episode, Nick, on a boat. And as such, uh, in order to honor uh, this show, uh, Nick and I are recording this podcast on a train. Uh, <laughs> a runaway train 
That's never going back. Uh, I, I I thought maybe we should do something like that, but we don't have the budget uh, here at Cinema Geekly for that sort of thing. But, you know, I thought, you know, we could... Uh, after reading the story about how... Did you read the story about the uh, the master tapes for this episode? No, I haven't. What? So they taped this, obviously, oh, on Tuesday. Yeah. Airplanes, uh, right? In the Bahamas. Uh, and in order to ensure that the tapes got to TNT in Atlanta on time, Tony Khan sent... He, they had two master tapes of this episode, and he put them on two different airplanes. I guess in case Vince McMahon decided to shoot one down with a rocket launcher standing on top of a mountain somewhere, uh, there would still be a second plane with a a master tape uh, with this episode of AEW Dynamite. But what would they have done if he took out both planes? Well, see, I don't know. Maybe Triple H could have been on another mountain. At the NXT plane and the WWE plane coming for both AEW planes. That's right. (laughs) They have a dogfight in midair. Uh, holy crap. I didn't even think about that. Well, I guess it didn't happen because we watched the show and it, it aired on, uh, on TNT and it was in fact on a boat. Although, uh, I will say, I'll say this, uh, if you didn't know it was on a boat, you wouldn't really know that it was this, like, it's not like they did any, uh, drone shots like hovering way above the boat, looking down on the action or anything to signify that it was indeed on a boat. Uh, like we know it's on a boat, Nick, but this looked like it could have been like club Lavella, like the old WCW nitro shows for all we know. But it looked really cool. Like I love that you were able to like stack people up and the little, um, dock above. And then you had, uh, I think they had like the, what was it? The hot tub covered with a little AEW logo. Yes. And that they ran the ramp from the, they just used the stage for the concert as the, the entrance area and just ran a ramp from that to the ring. I I thought that all looked pretty good for TV. Um, It's a smart idea too. Cause I think the year before when they recorded for ring of honor, they just came out of like a side area somewhere. They didn't have an actual stage. So I love the presentation of it all. It looked great. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, it's always fun when wrestling takes a field trip, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also announced, by the way, uh, not on the show here, but they announced that there is going to be a third cruise next year, and they're mm-hmm. already going to do an AEW Dynamite episode from the cruise, but they Cody Rhodes said that they will be doing it live. What? Which sounds... I don't know how they're going to pull this off, honestly, but... Uh, they're going to do it live from the Bahamas next year. So Doing it live. No tape. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the episode. I do not have any notes. Uh, I was telling Nick right before we started recording uh, that I accidentally left uh, my phone in my dad's car, and he drove off back home, and that also had all of my notes on it, and, of course, my access to the Grapple app, which I no longer have access to. So I don't know what grapple scored any of these matches and nor do I remember what I scored them because that's why I write them down. Uh, but I'm going to try to remember or approximate what I gave them. And then it'll be a, a, a fun surprise when I get my phone back tomorrow and find out what I said here versus what I actually scored the matches. Let's see how consistent I really am. 
Uh, <laughs> well, well, on the upside, I do have the grapple app, so I can provide the grapple scores. But Tony, yeah. you gotta do it old school, man. You gotta write it on pen and paper. That's why you you never lose it. Is that what you did? Did you did you write this down on pen and paper? Because not me. I'm, a, I'm I'm living in the 21st century. It's 2020. I'm I'm putting all my stuff down on notes on I can't the note app. <laughs> I can't text, man. I can't text as fast as I can write. <laughs> um, I'm I'm the reverse. So I'm I'm a much speedier typer than I am a, a writer. Uh, so yeah, that it just what a day I'm having here. Uh, well let's let's it, let's start out where the show starts out, shall we? The AEW World Tag Team Championship match kicks off the show. Uh, SCU defending against Kenny Omega, Hangman Page. Uh, the first thing I notice about this show, dude, it is windy. Yes. Oh my God, is it windy? Uh, people's hair was if you had hair. Like Jungle Boy or Britt Baker, like your hair was just gusting in all directions. Uh, so crowd way into all of this, and there, there's about twenty five hundred people on this mm-hmm. cruise. I don't know if all of them were there, but I I think most of them were. Uh, Do you imagine if like you were on this cruise and you couldn't get a good view for Dynamite, so you had to go like go yes. to the theater and watch like Pluto Nash or something? <laughs> There were people reporting that uh, in order to get good spots, people were waiting out for like five hours because uh, really it was first come first serve. Uh, like you get where you get, you know, depending on um, when you when you arrive. There's no particular seats or anything like that. So, uh, so yeah, the from memory here, uh, this match started pretty even babyface tag team wrestling match. Uh, but Hangman Page quickly kind of got frustrated and then sort of wasn't wasn't a heel in this match, Nick, but he was subtle heel at times mm. in this match, where um, Kenny Omega was just the white meat baby face. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any of the moves or anything written down. So if anything comes to mind uh, where you're like, that was awesome, or uh, I really like that, uh, remind me, and then I'll probably remember, but... Uh, since I don't have all of that, like I could read what was, I could read what's written here on wrestling observers website, but I don't just want to read word for word, their report. Uh, Cause I feel that's kind of shitty. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at one point of the match, uh, there's miscommunication. So hangman goes for the buckshot. Larry, it hits Kenny Omega uh, and Scorpio sky hits like a TKO. Uh, but that is not the end of the match. Uh, Kenny and hangman uh, recover. And uh, the end of the match, he's, uh, Hangman Page getting the tag from Kenny and Hangman Page kicks all of their asses like he wipes out Scorpio, he wipes out Kaz tosses Scorpio to the outside, gives him the buckshot lariat on the ramp and then turns around and does the buckshot lariat into the ring to Frankie Kazarian and pins him Hangman Page and Kenny Omega are the new AEW tag team champions uh, post match the Young Bucks came out to celebrate with Kenny and Adam, uh, but Adam was like, hey, go check on Kenny. And then when the Young Bucks did that, he took his belt and scurried off to the corner and uh, body surfed while drinking beer. He, like, crowd surfed while uh, while taking a few drinks in, which I'm told, by the way, free drinks. Uh, so I'm sure the fans were a little rowdier than, than normal as well. But what did you think of the opener? And this was a hell of a match. Um, 
I, I gotta say, first of all, big deal. First title change in AEW history. Yeah. Was not expecting it. I mm-hmm. half assed thought that when Paige hit Omega with the uh, with the Lariat, I was like, oh damn, that's it. Huh? And this is where it happens. I thought the Hang turn, yep. turn heel. Yep. So I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um what I one thing I liked was um SCU really commanding the ring like they kept kenny out of the match for a good portion and were kind of whooping on page early on mm-hmm. um I, I as far as specific spots i believe was the tko done onto the ramp was that during the commercial break yeah i think there was a point where kaz does like the the slingshot cutter and he did it mm-hmm. to page onto the ramp yeah okay that's what i'm thinking of i thought that was pretty cool um as far as the match goes in my rating, I gave this one three and three quarter stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a really good match, but not quite up to that four star level yet. Yeah. Um, just solid stuff. It's cool to see Paige and Omega as the tag champs because that's going to create some more interesting stories. And it does later on in the show as well. Mm-hmm. I went three and three quarters. I remember this one because uh, this was my favorite match. I watched AEW and NXT back to back this morning. Uh, and I remember uh, this was definitely my match of both shows. Um, I thought this was the best match on this show and the best match on uh, on NXT as well. And it looks like Grapple's right in the area with us, 3.86. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you've got the app open. It feels weird me not saying it, though. Oh, trust me, it feels weird saying it. <laughs> <laughs> we're backwards today. It's super weird. Well... We're on a boat. We're it's a it's a backward dimension. None of us are where we're supposed to be right now. Tony uh, forgot to bring his phone on the train. Yes, <laughs> I never bring my phone on a train. I've I've brought my newspaper and my smoking pipe, as you are supposed oh. to do on a train. Uh, no telephones <laughs> allowed. Uh, so yeah. next match on. Uh, by the way, I hope this. Uh, I hope they talk about things that happen. Uh, in between segments. I don't know if they will in here. I haven't scrolled through this. I didn't have time, so uh, there might be segments we miss, but if we do, just let me know. Uh, Next match, Britt Baker and Priscilla Kelly. So uh, Priscilla Kelly's singles match debut. She was in the uh, Casino Battle Royale at All Out, Uh, and this was her first singles match here. Uh, This was... I thought not very good, uh, at least from memory. Uh, there is some stuff. Oh, it, it's even written here. I don't, like I said, I don't want to read everything that they wrote down here on uh, the Observer, but uh, somebody said that uh, they did a series of misdirection spots that were a good idea, but were executed practically in slow motion. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree. There, it, some of it just did not look very good. Uh, then they went to a commercial break. Uh, somewhere during that. Uh, when they came back, uh, I remember the finishes, Britt hitting uh, Priscilla with a super kick, Russian leg sweep into the lockjaw. Uh, but before that, Priscilla tried to use the ropes to get out, and uh, Britt kicked off the ropes, I think, and yeah. allowed, uh, which the announcers were like, I don't know if that's a, that's not such a, a friendly maneuver. Like, she should have broke the hold, but uh, she didn't. I think at some point during the match as well, she did like a hair whip, like Britt mm-hmm. did, pulled Priscilla down by her hair. So they were doing the the heel stuff here. But uh, Kelly tapped out to Lockjaw. Uh, what did you think of this, Nick? 
wasn't the best match ever. I no. would argue that the kicking off of the ropes isn't necessarily a heel move. When I think of that, I think of Benoit at Mania kicking off the ropes to get Triple H out of the um, area to get your hands up. So I get what they were trying to do, but I, I don't necessarily consider that the most heelish thing in the world. Like if they um, get their hand on the rope and then you use your feet to push off, maybe? I don't know if Priscilla got her hand on the rope here or not. Or if she just got close. Like it. Okay, so... No, that's just a good strategy move. Right. So I think that was a little bit misguided there, their comments on that. Um, overall, I I mean, there's not a lot to say here. Um, I think I ended up only giving it one and three quarters. Just, mm-hmm. man, I, I really want to like Britt Baker, but he she's just underwhelming every time I see her. She's got a long ways to go. She does. Um, she had sweet crimped hair though. Like mm-hmm. she was on a cruise, so yeah. that's something. Uh, lots and, of people I, had lots of people had some hairstyle choices on this episode. Woo, I, one I can't wait to talk about later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, and I've definitely seen Priscilla Kelly at better matches. I've seen her wrestle for Evolve a few times, so mm-hmm. not the best debut for her. It being, I think she would have had a better outing if they put her against somebody else. I think. And I, I think they need to work out an agreement with someone and get her some more in-ring time, truthfully. Yeah, the Britt definitely needs some more time. Um, she just needs to get out there more often and do more work. But, um, you know, and I've seen Priscilla Kelly. Uh, I haven't seen a lot, but I've seen her do better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember if I gave it one and a half or one and three quarter, but it was something like that. Uh Let's talk about what happened. Oh, what did Grapple give it? If you Grapple gave it one point nine zero. Oh, okay. Well, they. I feel like they're a little more generous than I was, but uh, yes. we got to talk about the after the match. <laughs> I don't know if this was great, or if it was bad, or if it was great because it was bad, or if it was just bad. I don't know, Nick. <laughs> But after the match, Tony Schiavone gets in the ring to interview Dr. Baker, questions her use of the ropes. And then Britt Baker just heals on Tony Schiavone. She's like, "It's you know, you know what, Tony? We're so happy you're here. You're a legend. You're a big time star. She called him a big time star. He's an announcer. Uh, she's like, you're a big time star. She's like, you know, and we know you needed this because you worked at Starbucks. And Tony Schiavone just mouths, <laughs> what the fuck? It was right in front of the camera. Like, people have already gifted this. It's, <laughs> I laughed so hard. It was awesome. Um, and she's like, Same. you were, she called him a shitty barista. Yeah, saying that AEW's his meal ticket. <laughs> <laughs> And then the crowd, I don't know if they're chanting at her because, like, TNT was cutting it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're chanting shitty dentist or whatever, but she's like, I'm a role model. She's like, I'm the hottest girl on this boat. I'm like, where did this character come from all of a sudden? <laughs> she's like, donate me because I'm beautiful. And then she starts talking to Tony Schiavone, and Jim Ross is like, this is disgusting. Let's go to commercial break. And I'm like, oh, my God. They, like, cut off her promo in the middle of it, like, this had to have been an awful promo that they're just like, throw it a commercial. <laughs> Save this. Uh, what did you make of this? This was so bizarre. Like they, Very bizarre. They teased, they teased the heel turn when she got frustrated at Riho 
a, a couple weeks ago when she confronted her backstage and she was mad that like Riho never shows up and then she does, she gets like what, what Brit considered to be a fluke win and she's just frustrated and angry and you can see the seeds of a heel turn and she just comes out here and she's like, I'm the hottest girl on this boat. You you don't, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do whatever I want. Like she, that's all of a sudden she's just like, Shivani is a shitty barista who worked at Starbucks. Like wh what happened? She what? seems very D Reynolds, like almost like half drunk. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's fine. Maybe she's just grieving for Adam Cole, who of course is dead. Um, but I don't look, uh, well, this will get talked about again, uh, on the, on the NXT, on the what comes next podcast, the NXT podcast we do. But let me tell you something, Nick. If you didn't see this, uh, if Adam Cole wasn't dead, he died on this episode of NXT that happened. Uh, they got in a. They're doing this feud between the Undisputed Era and Imperium, led mm -hmm. by Walter, and uh, they Imperium ran in and brawled with Undisputed Era, and. Uh, of course, the leaders fought each other. So it was Walter and Adam Cole. And Cole goes to super kick Walter. He grabs his foot, throws his foot down, and then chops Adam Cole. And he hits one of those premium Walter chops, like the ones that just sound like a shotgun blast. And Adam Cole sold this by doing a backflip. It was incredible. The crowd was chanting, holy shit. And I'm pretty sure if he didn't die on being the elite, this killed him. So maybe she was just mourning. Maybe she had too many drinks, Nick, and she just came out here and she was just like, I don't care who who is gonna hear what I have to say. They're gonna I'm gonna say it. You're a shitty barista. I'm hot. I'm a role model. <laughs> like this this promo is gonna stick with me forever, Nick. I'm never gonna forget this promo. And I think it's because it was not good. Yeah. You tell me, was this good or not good? I, I can't tell, honestly. No. I could. I was like, you she has no confidence in the words she's saying. And she's like, All right, I'm I'm a heel now. Boo me. I, I did chuckle that she's like, Tony, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a dentist. I did <laughs> laugh at that because that was real that was good stuff. Um they showed a replay of Jungle Boy going to the ten minute draw with Jericho. Um, that led to Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz against the Jurassic Express. Uh, Marco Stunt coming out in a child-sized life preserver, which was really funny. And Jer Jericho comes out, and of course, this is the Chris Jericho rock and wrestling rager at sea. This whole crowd is singing his theme song. It's a tremendous entrance. Uh, I would let, this is something I do remember very vividly. Uh, it's windy. We talked about this. The wind stayed there for the whole episode and they decided to do smoke machines, like smoke, like air blasters and like yeah. sparkly pyro that shoots up. But this pyro was like blowing in the faces of wrestlers as they were walking. Like you got to go back and watch this, but I'm pretty sure something gets in Marco stunts eye and something hits Jungle Boy, like, right on the ribs, because, like, he freaks out while he's on Luchasaurus' shoulders, and he's constantly, like, looking at his stomach like it burned off hair or something. Uh, mm -hmm. This is what I remember, not the match. Uh, the match was uh, the match was fun. Uh, it was... Uh, 
like a Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt looking, uh, and Luchasaurus looking good at first. Then they get, of course, uh, cut off by uh, Santana and Ortiz, who uh, work them over for a while. Uh, they do like a hot tag, like Luchasaurus comes in, goes crazy, like hits all of his kicks, does the tail whip. Uh, he had a new kick that, oh, it was a, uh, I don't remember Shining what it was. Lizard? Yes, Excalibur called it the Shining Lizard, and <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. Uh, <laughs> he hits them like the double choke slam and does the moonsault on Jericho for a two. Uh, that's when Jake Hager interferes and Luchasaurus and Hager brawl up the ramp. Marco tagged himself in during all of this, does a 450 splash to Jericho, and uh, Aubrey goes to do one of those like diving into position things, and the crowd thought her dive counted as a one. So by the time she got to two, there were some people that thought Marco Stunt had pinned Chris Jericho. Uh, but in fact, it was just a two count. Uh, he tries a couple of like flash pins on flash cradles on Jericho, but it's too small to be able to hold him down. And then Jericho just hits him with a Judas effect and pins Marco Stunt and then popped open some bubbly after the match. What did you think of the, the six man? Man, first of all, I just want to say Marco Stunt with maybe Outfit of the Night because not only was he rocking the vest and the glasses, mm-hmm. his gear looked like it was like swim trunks or something. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Makes sense because, you know, when on the ship's deck, any children under five feet are required to wear a life vest at all times. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> Marco Stunt was well prepared. Yes. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with this match. I thought Jurassic Express pulled out some cool tandem moves, mm-hmm. and I loved absolutely loved the fans singing uh, Judas when Jericho was coming out. Yes, like both at the beginning of it and at the end of it, it was it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this match just a straight three stars, just a fun match. Yeah, I I, I recall really enjoying this. Uh, they did. Uh, they had a lot of fun. It was a lot of Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt getting one up on Jericho because it's like Jericho doesn't take either of them seriously. So because of this, um, they're constantly getting one up on him. But of course, it was Jericho only needing to just hit his move out of nowhere to, to get the win. Um, mm. And of course, they uh, they got Luchasaurus out of there. Uh, so this way, it was an unfair advantage on top of all of that. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was fine. I don't remember what I gave this, but I, th- I'm going to guess like a three and a quarter, but I do not remember. So it's somewhere in there between a three and a three and a quarter. A lot of it is going to be an in-between guesstimate. Uh, there's a recap of the MJF and Cody feud, uh, with a video package. Uh, oh, before, got- oh, before ahead. we get there, grapple score 3.04. So we're oh. in the neighborhood there. Okay. Uh, Joey Janela and MJF. And yeah. is this the hair you wanted to talk about, Nick? Oh my God. Joey Janela bringing out his best road dog 99 hair. It was beautiful. <laughs> I loved it. All the braids. <laughs> um, oh, I thought he looked like Bo Derek. He was quite handsome there. So there's a story behind this. I was listening to uh, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer also on this cruise. And Brian Alvarez was telling a story about how when they got off the boat in the Bahamas, like there's all these merchants and stuff trying to like sell you stuff. Um, Cause you know, they know, they know how the racket works. All these people are tourists and stuff. Uh, and there was some money to spend. Yeah, yes. I've been there. <laughs> and there was a lady who was like, you know, uh, do hair braids. It's like five, five American dollars. It only take five minutes. 
and Alvarez was like, I want to do like the hair that Joey Janela had. And he quickly realized that this was going to take way more than five minutes. And it's definitely going to cost way more than $5. Like all the work that has to go into this. And he's like, I guarantee you that is like what happened with Joey Janela. And in fact, Excalibur even mentions this on the uh, commentary, if I'm not mistaken, where he mentions that Joey got this done off, like off the boat, like in the Bahamas or something. So <laughs> this had to have been what happened. Uh, somebody's like, I'll braid your hair for five bucks. And he's like, I'm in. And like 30 minutes later, and it's like a hundred bucks. <laughs> like he got <laughs> scammed. Um, so yeah, uh, Joey Janela and uh, MJF. Uh, I don't really remember much about this match. Uh, I remember. Uh, I rem- Oh, here's what I do remember. Uh, I remember they go to a picture in picture break. And uh, MJF is, like, in control uh, of the match. Like, the match was really nothing special. Uh, And then they're on the ground. And before the picture-in-picture comes back, like, he's got Joey in a body scissors or something like that. And before the picture-in-picture comes back, they go full screen on the commercial, fade to black, and then when they fade back in, Joey Janela and MJF are on the top rope, and Joey Janela is superplexing him. So within the span of a second, these men got from the ground to the top rope. And Joey Janela was, so they must have done some weird edit there. Um, he got a superplex in like a, a two count. Joey goes up for the Macho Man elbow, but then magically transported Nick was Joey Janela to Monday Night Raw, where he saw his girlfriend and her new boyfriend come out on stage and they just start making out. And Joey Janela cannot help but be distracted by this. And MJF uh, moves out of the way of the elbow, hits him with a double cross, and gets the pin. Uh, what did you think of MJF and Joey Janela? Uh, it, it wasn't anything too special. Um, it was more so there for Penelope and Kip to interfere, I think, more mm-hmm. so than anything. Although... Uh, I, I gotta say, Janela's hair is probably why I gave this the extra points that I did. Um, <laughs> uh, especially since I've been to the Bahamas before, and it's straight up like that. Like they got people ready to break when you get off the boat. So I thought that was hilarious. That if that is what happened, like I could see Janela pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I gave this one two and a quarter star. So it wasn't anything too special, but it it served, a, I guess, a point to further the story and give MJF a win. Yeah, I'd say like two and a half. I, I thought it was average. Uh, what what does Grapple say? Grapple gave it 2.26. Oof, even lower than us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, afterwards, MJF gets on the mic, um, calls out Cody, called him a poet, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, talking about how eloquently he spoke last week. Yeah. Said that MJF is a chapter in Cody's book, but he's the last chapter in Cody's book. And uh, Cody comes out and he's like, hey, Wardlow's not here. Like, I guess he's training for the cage match in Atlanta. But that doesn't matter. He doesn't need Wardlow because Cody cannot touch him. So it doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, I do remember this. This is vivid. Tony Schiavone, a hero on this show. So earlier, of course, there's the Britt Baker thing where he mouths what the fuck, which was, God, A+. And here, MJF is like, 
mocks Cody by doing his lisp, right, to Cody's face. And Tony Schiavone, dead serious, goes, oh, my God. Like, he cannot believe the depths that this man stooped. He mocked his lisp. He mocked his speech impediment. And Tony Schiavone is acting like he was mocking Dusty Rhodes or something. Like he pissed on Dusty's grave or something. He was so upset. Oh, my God. Can you believe he said that? Uh, Tony Schiavone, announcer of the year. I'm calling it for 2020, Nick. He's already won the award. He's incredible. Um, Cody is like, look, I can't touch you. I know I can't. But guess what? These guys can. MJF turns around, eats a double super kick from the Young Bucks. And they're like, Cody's like, hey, everybody, how about we throw Max in the pool? And the crowd gets all excited. And the Young Bucks, like, toss MJF into the pool. And he does this big flip dive into the pool. And then, of course, he acts like he's drowning. Uh, This was tremendous. You can't do a show like this and not have somebody go into the pool. That was the whole point of doing the Club Lavella shows in WCW, was to see someone go into the water. Uh, now, somebody said after the fact that this was not on on air, but after MJF got out of the pool, people were mocking him and making fun of him. He was yelling at people, and he went to go hit, like hit a fan, uh, but then slipped, of course, and fell back into the pool to make himself look even stupider. Uh, they actually, I wish I would have kept that in for the show. Cause that sounds awesome, but it, they didn't do it. It would have been great. <laughs> and you, I don't know if you noticed, but <laughs> JR calling the double super kick sweet chin music. Did he? I oh la- man, Jim Ross. I laughed at that. <laughs> He's hitting the sauce as well. It's free, yes, free yeah. booze on the, on the pool deck. <laughs> uh, Tony Schiavone fresh from being amazing is interviewing Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And I I remember this vividly because I thought this was great. Uh, Omega is like, look, this is not where I expected to be when we started AEW, but this is great. Like, I didn't think I'd be tag team champions with Adam Page, but I'm friends with Adam. I like Adam. We're a good team. We're the champions. And this is awesome. And these are my, this is like my top priority right now until, you know, we're not the champions anymore. And before Hangman Page has a chance to even say anything, the Young Bucks show up to be like, oh, my God, like, congrats, guys. Uh, uh, you know, the Omega, oh, Page said that he was, you know, Page kind of slips in this line of, like, he was surprised that they won the tag titles before the Bucks did and then walked off. Uh, <laughs> I love, like, the build to this is great. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yes, it, it's great, especially, I, I mean, Hangman kind of got a few words in there beforehand, but he was slurring them, and and it looked like Tony kept, like, kind of intentionally cutting back to Kenny because he knew he's like, oh, Hangman's a little drunk over here. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it, it's great to see that even though Hangman has success, it almost feels like someone else is taking credit for it or someone else is the spotlight and he's just sitting there in the yeah. shadow. He's the lesser of the two. It's It's great stuff. Um, so they announced for next week, Cody and Kip Sabian are going to have a singles match. Uh, they announced a six man tag with, uh, Jericho Santana and Ortiz against the totally makes perfect sense team of private party and Darby Allen. Oh yes. Those guys fit together. Perfect oil and water. And of (laughs) course this match makes perfect sense. 
the Young Bucks will take on the Butcher and the Blade, MJF's hired thugs, his tag team, uh, his tag team thugs. And of course, this match would happen because the Young Bucks threw MJF in a pool, and he's like, "Get those guys!" So that makes perfect sense. Uh, Chris Jericho comes out to do commentary for the main event, which is of course John Moxley against the Bastard Pack. Winner faces Chris Jericho at AEW Revolution. Uh, here's what I remember about this match, Nick. There's a couple of things I do remember about the match, but what really stuck out to me was how uh, censored this crowd was. Uh, mm-hmm. Because at some point, apparently, another cruise ship comes in and the crowd starts chanting, fuck that boat, which, of <laughs> course, TNT cannot let on the air. <laughs> and then at various points throughout this match, there'd be like, our boat's better, uh, things like that. And apparently you could see one of the boats coming in. Like it was bigger than the Jericho boat. Uh, I think they said the Jericho boat is like 13 stories high or something. And the mm. ones that were coming in were like 18 stories. One of them was like a Disney cruise, uh, something along those lines. So yeah massive boats and apparently people were getting to watch the show for free from their boat because the decks were higher so you just go up on a higher deck and you could just look down at the the jericho boat and watch the aew show uh (laughs) so that was going i thought this match maybe went a little too long uh i liked the you know pack was doing the thing where he worked over john moxley's eye frequently like he did he did like kawada kicks he did like a jawbreaker to the eye which Jericho called an eye breaker. Uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, so Pack also tries to go for a few moves off the top rope, I remember, and was very wobbly because of this wind. Uh, but he managed to successfully perform the moves, although none of them landed. Uh, he did like a 450 where Moxley got his knees up and he did the black arrow, but he missed. Um... So, uh, there's a point where Mox hits a, the double arm DDT and gets a two, uh, and Pat goes to the outside. And I think during the break here, they brawl in like all throughout the pool deck. If I'm not mistaken, I, I yes. don't remember this vividly, but I'm pretty sure they, they did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they came back, uh, the match gets back into the ring, uh, and Pat gets like the brutalizer on Moxley, but he gets to the ropes after a long tease. And uh, then Pack gets mad, rips the bandage off. Now Moxley still has like an eye patch on, uh, but he rips this bandage off and starts pounding on Moxley's eye. Moxley uses like a flash cradle to get a near fall. When Pack gets up, he hits him with a double arm DDT out of nowhere and then hits the elevated double arm DDT, the paradigm shift, for the win. And after the match, Jericho and Moxley stare down from the ramp uh, as the show is over. Uh, What did you think of the main event, sir? I enjoyed the main event. I, I agree with you. It went a bit long. Uh, Jericho was fantastic on commentary throughout mm-hmm. this match. Yeah. Um, I think at one point he called him a one-eyed Moxley, which sounds he, like a he said euphemism like, for your dick. <laughs> he said, "There's." he's like, there's Moxley. Good old one, one-eyed Moxley. <laughs> and I, I also remember on commentary at one point saying he was basically undefeated in AEW singles action. Um, yes. oh, what else did he say? Oh, yeah, he, he's shitting on Pack, saying, I beat him at MSG. I can do it again. I beat him <laughs> in Madison Square Garden. Uh, yeah, 
I, I mean, and I liked him. He's like, I've got a strategy for him too. If he wins, uh, he tried, he tried to make it seem like Moxley just wasn't going to win this match, but Oh, also we should note during the Kenny Omega hangman page interview, Kenny Omega made it known that pack is, he talked to management and pack pack is going to get his rubber match with Kenny. So that is a thing that'll happen. Whether it'll happen at the pay-per-view or not, I, I doubt because of the tag titles, but, uh, We'll get the match at some point. No, Kenny might have to pull double duty at the pay-per-view, and maybe that'll be why they lose the belts. Yes. Oh, maybe. That makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Like, have it set up to where Hangman isn't even involved, and he's mad that, you know, Pac, Pac was the main focus of Kenny here, which should be defending the tag titles. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as a rating for this match goes, I went ahead and gave this one three and a quarter star. Yeah. It was okay. This is definitely not as good as like their past match that they had on TV. The one that went to the time limit draw, I thought was uh, a better match than this. But um, I don't know. We'll talk about that when, when, when this is once I've, once I've finished up here. But uh, I, yeah, I like this match, but it, at times it really. Uh, it really dragged. It felt like some of that is because of the crowd, um, and some of it was not necessarily the crowd, but like the crowd being censored so much, yes. like that that hurt. Um, and some of it was you know just the the length. It just felt long. Uh, and there there were down down points here where it felt like nothing was even happening. Uh, but. Uh, crowd enjoyed uh, crowd enjoyed it by the end, and uh, you know continuing that build for Jericho and, and Moxley, of course. Uh, I think I went with three and a quarter for this one, but you know the old noggin's not what it used to be. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a guesstimate on my end. Uh, what did Grapple give it? Eight point three one. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I would say overall, uh, the wrestling on this show was not up to par like on some of the other episodes of Dynamite we've seen. Um, some of it, I think, is just because of the setup of the, you know, there's limitations to doing a wrestling show on a cruise ship. Uh, yeah. Some of the wrestlers who are much more uh, like high spot or dive heavy didn't get to do anything flashy along those lines. It just wasn't feasible or possible. Um, and some of it is just like I mean, these guys are working. It's not like they're not trying, but you know, they're also on a party boat on a vacation. Right. And these guys have probably all been partying and staying up to God knows what, you know, they're like, essentially they're on summer camp, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Mox was out getting drunk and singing sweet Caroline. I, I saw that, that. <laughs> apparently. And apparently he had the eye bandage on like everywhere. People are saying, like, he had this bandage on in the airport. He had it on the boat the whole time. Like, nobody never saw him without the eye, eye bandage stuff on. So he was selling that the whole the whole, the whole cruise. So, what a commitment to the gimmick. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall, I'd say a fun show. Mostly memorable because of the location and also a couple of things that I'm just never going to forget ever. Uh, I'm just never going to forget that Britt Baker promo. Like, <laughs> thanks to Britt and Tony Schiavone, I'm just never going to forget it. That's just going to live on. That's like yes. a legendary promo now for me. Um, 
Brits going off the script. This is late night or late two thousands WCW. Yeah, oh my god, it's like Scott Steiner or Kevin Nash out there with a microphone, uh, <laughs> talking about Scott Hall or whatever when he doesn't work for the company anymore. Right. Uh, I just, I mean, Nick, I had so much fun with that promo. I legitimately couldn't tell if I thought it was good or bad because I had bad. so much fun with. It. Like, if you laugh that much at it, can it? It really can't be that bad if, if I had so much fun. It's uh, kind of like the Plan Nine of Outer Space promos. Of promos, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God, that is definitely the Plan Nine of promos, uh, for <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, a fun show. I'm going to be a little bit more detail oriented next week because uh, I'll have some notes on me and I'll remember what my scores are. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Hey, you know, it's a it's a looser atmosphere this year. We're on a it's a party boat. It's a it's a party show. So you know what? Throw the, throw the notes out the window. That that's my motto. Um, <laughs> next week it's back to business. I think they're in Cleveland uh, next week. So and and Moxley will speak. So he'll be in as close to his hometown. Uh, from Cincinnati, uh, I believe. So uh, we'll see how we'll see how that all goes. Um, in the meantime, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can come back next time and uh, hear Nick and I talk about more AEW Dynamites from Cleveland, Ohio, featuring the Inner Circle versus Private Party and Darby Allen. <laughs>